Rise up! Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. So here we go. Here's 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 the part that me and Chris talked about, like talked long time about. Um, let's get kind of into the nostalgia of. Favorite, uh, just the Falcons' memories and favorite Falcons and stuff. So I've been doing kind of like throwing a favorite Falcon moment, our favorite Falcons thing at the end. So what we're going to do is favorite Falcons moments of all time, and I've got three wrote down. And I'll tell you my, um, I'll tell you my my real answer. But you go ahead, do your do your thing. Okay. So I actually have five right now. I didn't have to think too hard about the number one moment, so I'm going to unveil my top five list. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, so <clears throat> number five, Atlanta Falcons versus Minnesota Vikings, December 1st, 2000. That's the game that Mike Vick took the ball at the very end of the game and went all the way down the field. And, and that crap. Did not tackle that guy. So that's my fifth favorite Falcons moment. Wow. All right, number four, um, I've got the uh, Atlanta Falcons versus the Green Bay Packers from January the 4th, 2000. Now, that was um, a really uh, a historical moment because – Hang on. What year was that? It was the 2002 season, but the 2003 playoffs. Okay, okay. Okay, just backstory on that. The Falcons, at the end of the season, backed their way into the playoffs. They had lost three out of four games. And they go to Lambeau Field. And at that point, the Green Bay Packers had never lost a home game at Lambeau Field. And the Atlanta Falcons beat them that day. And I think it was something like um, four degrees outside. or maybe It was incredible. That was an incredible moment. Yeah. Really, Mike Vick's coming out party. Yeah. So, yeah, 2002 season, I remember pretty pretty fondly. Anyway, um, just from the you know just having that new quarterback, having that dominant run by Mike Vick against Minnesota Vikings, and you know, just a month later, you go into Lambeau Field and you upset the team that almost seemed unbeatable in their home stadium. Yeah. Too good. All right. So, uh, my next one would be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Minis- uh, versus the St. Louis Rams. Um, and that was on – that was January the 17th of 2004. All right, so that was the um, divisional playoffs. What I really liked about that game is that that was an absolute dominating effort in the playoffs. The Falcons actually won that game uh, 40 – it was like – 44 to 17 um, absolute domination and that's that was really like that was the first time I remember the Falcons just dominating in the playoffs because historically they've either lost their playoff games or you know they wouldn't even be competitive in them so for them to sit there and blow out the other team was you know a very proud moment for me as a fan i i really enjoyed seeing them just take it to somebody for a change and then i had to sweat out the game which is great 
<laughs> All right. So number two for me would be uh, during the 2016 season, the NFC Championship game, when Ooh. the Falcons Green Bay Packers 44 to 21 in the final game at the Georgia Dome. Yo, uh, that I, was yeah, incredible. It was. So it was a great way to close out a building that, you know, I really didn't think needed to be torn down anyway, but, you know, they had a new stadium, so they tore it down. Um, but it, it was an incredible game. The Falcons got up early. The Green Bay Packers were pretty much done by the half. And, you know, they spent the rest of the game. They scored some points there at the end, but they were getting on. And, and in fact, that really, you know, that was a record-setting year for the Falcons' offense. Uh, they had the number one offense in the league that year, but their defense really wasn't that great all year, and they absolutely dominated in that game. They dominated, and that was a difference maker. I love that. Was a, that's a fun game. That was a fun game. Very fun. And then my number one Atlanta Falcons moment of all time is January the 17th of 1999, 30-27 game that Morton Anderson won on that last second field goal. Yes. That was awesome. Bro, show. What a woo. That just get that that list is game of goosebumps, brother. Yeah. That was a good one. And because and here's the crazy part. That at least one of yours made my list too. The only one. Only one overlapped on my list. So, are you ready? Here we go. I only got three, so we'll we'll count them, we'll count them down. And these are all like so you went, I think, uh, statistical, like, you know, stuff like that. So these all connected to, like, my personal life. So that okay. I kind of went with a different, like, different strategy there. So number three, last game of the Georgia Dome, beating Rodgers, um, like you said, in my favorite, like, favorite clip of that game is Rodgers sitting on the bench, talking to his offensive lineman, looking around at the crazy – Atlanta Falcons fans just chewing on their neighbor's shoulder, just frothing at the mouth. And he says, you know, they're really hard to beat at home. We need to get one of these in our house. And I say, you dang right, Rogers, get out of here. Rogers, Rogers. Yeah. And get out of here, Rogers. And so that was so awesome. Just like you said, just mud stomping them and walking it dry, just giving it to them. And they couldn't do anything. I mean, like you said, they started piling on points, but it didn't matter. Garbage time. And, uh, it was just a totally total shellacking by the Falcons, and I really love the beatdowns whenever they do happen. And I remember, remember Val, I remember Vic Beasley had a game against the terrible uh, 49ers where he had like it's like ungodly. He had like four sacks in the game and a, a forced fumble and a return and all that stuff. That was like a fifty, like a forty-eight point shellacking too. I really enjoy those. But that mm-hmm. is all right. So that was number one or number three. Number two was. I think it has a lot to do with what the opponent is too, because if it's like divisional, it's like a more emotional for me, but Julio's 300 yard game against the Panthers or no, was it against the, yeah, it was against the Panthers and he got somebody, he got somebody fired. Matt Ryan went with five, Matt Ryan went for 500 yards and Julio had 300 yards in that game and got a corner cut the next week. They showed up like, Hey, you played really bad. You're fired. So I thought that was that's one of my 
favorite like fond like memory like if it's on like youtube suggested i go watch those highlights like every every time and so and my last one is september 26 2016 Deion jones pick six in new orleans his home stadium he had never been to that stadium he was a rookie and it was oh what's that guy's name it was the night they were they were celebrating one of their hallowed like they were so i can't now i'm drawing a blank i had it all in my head but they were it was a special night for them and drew Brees was just marching it down the field was going to go put the game away and deon jones gets a tip ball and takes a pick six down to the end zone and that game will be forever etched into my mind i remember jumping up and down in the hospital my son was my oldest son. He is obviously four now. He was three days old. He he um he we had just got done. Um, he was getting better with jaundice, so he did not have to go into the jaundice light, and he was able just to be free. And he was you know tiny. You could hold him in your two little hands, in your two hands. And uh, I remember me dressed. I got a picture of him, in a Falcons onesie and a Falcons hat me and him watching the game in the hospital. Um, Deion Jones hit that pick six. And uh, it's a really, I had that picture framed in my house. Uh, it's a, it was a really cool moment. He was three. Yeah, obviously he'll never, I mean, I, dear God, I hope he doesn't remember. <laughs> this first, this first three years of his life uh, and all everything else trauma that happened to him. But uh, that was a really like special moment for me. Like his, like a proud dad and, a proud Falcons fan, and it just like it's a really like that's a that well, that one like hits home for real for me. So, oh yeah, yeah, I can say that you went the uh, the rivalry route, yeah, uh, New and Carolina Panthers. Okay, yeah, I like that too because yeah. um, those are both great rivalries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then I got a bonus question for you. Okay. So like I know so um so I know you like work security in there for a little while. I don't exactly know the deal with that, like how often or how long you've worked security, but what was your favorite, like best moment, like working in security with the Falcons? Did you have any interaction interactions that were funny or? Well, um, I always had interactions that were funny, but since it was talked about on the last podcast that you had with Chris <laughs> moment that I, um, it was 2004. I know that Chris didn't have all the details, but um, I'll, I'll give them to you right now. So in 2004, I was working security out on the field, and I was on the sideline, and I was just looking to the crowd. And then all of a sudden, I feel this hand behind me, and I turn around, and it was Matt Bryant. And at the time, he was kicking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he sits there, and he cusses at me. and He's like, move the ass out of my way. And he shoves me to the side. He puts and, hands on you. He touched you. Yeah, so I was like, whoa, dude. So what, what is up with this? So I admired the guy's NFL game. He was a great kicker. But he was just, uh, you know, he, he was a douche that day. <laughs> wow. So that was probably my most interesting. But I got to meet a lot of the players. I haven't worked security in a long time. Probably the 2008 season. Okay. Matt Ryan's first year, but um, I, I had some really good times working security, but it got a little bit tiring after a while. Like you, uh, it, you know, 
I went mostly to watch the game, but then there's so much work before the game and then after the game too. So it ends up like taking up your whole Sunday. And I decided I would just rather take up my TV time three hours on Sunday and that's it. <laughs> yeah. You, you watch in your underwear with your own popcorn. Yeah. That's the best. Well, that's awesome, man. I don't have it. Obviously I don't have any stories like that. So, but, um, Anyway, I think that's about – oh, I have another question. I have another bonus question for you. I got it wrote down down here. All right. If if they miss the playoffs, is, is do they find a new head coach? I don't see any way that they can't. I mean, they really should have last year, but, but they didn't. They, they're giving Dan Quinn one more opportunity. I do think he has to make uh-huh. the most to um, – keep his job i mean he's not gonna keep it if, if they don't make the playoffs but then again i don't um, know arthur blank seems to really that's like what i'm gonna say and, and, and he definitely likes thomas dimitrov i think dimitrov should have been gone a long time ago um even you know not just last year but i'm all the way back in the mike smith days to me mike smith was probably the best coach that the falcons ever had as far as the head guy um and i thought he unjustly got fired that last year. I mean, they were right there in the thick of things to make the playoffs in 2014. They let him go, but he's keeping Quinn. And why is he wanting to hold on to Quinn? Like, I haven't really seen anything other than that one season that Dan Quinn had where the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. I haven't seen anything since then. I think I mean, he's close to being 500. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what, I don't know what Smith's record was. I thought it was interesting that Smith got axed ever. They cleaned house except for the general manager. I don't know yeah. that. Well, Smith had um, Smith had a winning record every season that he was the Falcons head coach up until because he was a coach from 2008 to 2014. So those last two years that he was there, he went I believe six and ten one of those years, or maybe it was four and twelve. I think it was six and ten though. I can't remember what his record was in 2013. But 2014, they were sitting there. I think they finished seven and nine. They could have finished 500, but the Carolina Panthers blew them out the final day of the regular season. So they yeah. didn't make the playoffs, but they would have made the playoffs had they won that game. So, it's, uh, so in hindsight, hindsight, does that save his job? You know, being I, the think, playoffs? I think he would have kept, I think Arthur Blank would have kept Mike Smith had they won that game against the Carolina Panthers and made the playoffs, even if they had lost that first round game, I think. But, even I don't think it's as black and white as that as wins and losses. I think it's is fit and 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 uh, likability. I think he had lost the locker room. I think that they were. I think they were. I think that he was. Oh, we're not soft. You know, they were on hard knocks and all that. And you remember all that that fia- like fiasco. So yeah, um, I can agree with that somewhat. I mean, inevitably, being an NFL coach is only going to end one way most of the time and and you are eventually fires nfl coach anyway and and what typically happens with these teams is once they fire a coach then another team is going to recycle that coach and bring them in to to lead their team um so you recycle a lot of guys in the nfl anyway but i i don't know like i think patience is a big problem in the nfl anyway yeah. okay the the franchise that i admire the most in the nfl is the pittsburgh steelers, steelers. they have always stuck with the same guy and they don't fight coach and you know you're gonna have in a sample size of 10 seasons you're gonna have some losing seasons you're gonna have some lean years but there's a lot more good with the Pittsburgh Steelers than there is bad 
I think they've had like three coaches in their existence, maybe four. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, just over the last uh, 25 years, they just had Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, yeah. So that's that's nuts. And so, like, I think that's unfair, too, when we're talking about, like, when you talk about Matt Ryan and what Matt Ryan isn't, that if you just look at the coaching carousel that he's been involved with, so was rookie season 2007, 2008? No, 2008. 2008 was Matt Ryan's first. So, year. so 2008. So, like the, the amount of offensive coordinators he's had, and the amount of head coaches of all, like what he's trying to learn a system because it takes at least two years. I don't know if it takes two years, but like it takes a little while to get used to the like. I don't know. I feel so bad. Not feel bad for Matt Ryan. He's making 128 million dollars. So I don't feel too bad for him. But like, I wish that they have not wasted some of Matt Ryan's talent on trying to figure out. I wish they had the system in place of finding the stable care. Cause remember Bobby Petrino and that was a little before, but like still like it was a lot of like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? So I don't know. I, I think that played a lot. Of, like how you, like you said, continuity plays a lot into it. Um, I think you, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to ask you about. I totally forgot about it. I got to start writing some down, brother, because you you start spitting hot fire, and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna ask him about this. Um, oh, we're talking about the end of the podcast. Are you going back to the draft, or is this something different? No, it's the, it's with the coaching. All right, so if Dan is fired, and we're going to play if game here, because you know what, it's a podcast. This is what we do. So. Would, are you going to offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach? I think considering the resources the Falcons have and the talent that's on the field, you would want to go with an offensive-minded head coach versus a defensive-minded head coach. What you want to do is get a really good offensive-minded head coach, but you want that really good offensive-minded head coach to hire a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah, for sure. All right, good deal. And then the last question I have, I'm just like spitting just questions at you. You just keep, keep the answers coming, brother, because uh, we're smashing this thing. Um, you know what? We might even save this in-depth in look at this one. We might could do a podcast in its entirely on this. But is the Georgia curse real? Uh, I kind of think it is. I mean, if you look at what's happened, I mean – and this is amongst the bigger programs. I mean, you've had Atlanta United win a uh, championship. You've had – but the Braves won in 95. Yeah, and that's – Yeah, that's now the first round of the playoffs since 2001. Yeah. So, there's that. There's that. The, the Falcons lost the Super Bowl almost the same way that the Georgia Bulldogs lost the national championship game. Had a big lead at the beginning and blew the lead. So, yeah, I kind of think it might be. Dude. I hope it kind of seems that way. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end on a positive note. Um, what's your um, What's your record prediction? What is it? Like you said, you have a ceiling. I'm not saying you need to like make a prediction. Like oh, this is the number, but give me give me your your thoughts on what you what you see the record being. And I'm going to pull up the schedule. Why you just why you're talking? Well, I'm gonna go. I, I kind of want to look at the division, um, you know, kind of to determine what the records are gonna be because I feel like New Orleans is aging, so I, they may not be as good as people think they will be. 
Tampa Bay. I mean, they have Tom Brady, but is are you getting the real Tom Brady who's been in New England all these years? Oh, they, they signed Leonard Fournette recently. Yeah, I saw they, they signed him today, Leonard Fournette. That's yeah. what he's on my team, too. So, I was like, I need him to – we were talking about that the other night. Like, should I draft Leonard Fournette? I'm going to take the chance to do it. Then the next day, Jacksonville literally cuts him, and then he's in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I was so, like, wow. Someone got like, – He has a team. Um, Carolina's probably just going to be rebuilding at this point. I mean, I think they made a, a good offensive coordinator hire. Uh, Matt Rule's got some NFL experience. He was a head coach at Baylor last year, but they're probably rebuilding right now. So I think the Falcons could definitely make a run at the playoffs based on the division. Um, it just It's a matter of can they put a, get a good record together outside the division. That's with me saying that without having the schedule in front of me or anything. All right, but, here we go. I got the schedule right here. So we're just going to look at the first four games. All right, 2020 um, season schedule. Boom. So we're going to open at home with uh, Seattle. And then we're going to go to – that's the preseason. Um, wow. Okay. Here we go. Seahawks at home. Next is going to be away against the Cowboys, at home against the Bears, and away at the Packers on Monday Night Football. It's a rough start. Um, that's a tough schedule to start off the season. The Cowboys, you don't really know what you're going to get. They have a new coach as well. they got uh, Mike McCarthy as their head coach, who I'm not crazy about either. I, I really felt like that uh, he uh, did not have a very good uh, run in Green Bay compared to what he could have had because, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Aaron Rodgers probably should have four or five Super Bowls right now if he had the right coach, and he did not. So that's kind of a – I think – McCarthy's better than Jason Garrett. Yeah, I would – I mean, I think that's a huge improvement. Yeah, it's a huge improvement. And I think they are probably one of the most talented teams in the NFL as well. I, I, I like the way they've drafted. I think they've got some really good pieces. So, if McCarthy can can do something with that team, if he really is a big improvement, then that's going to be a dangerous game going to Dallas. But, you know, you, there is the fan element here too. I mean, he's going to have fans in the stands is the – uh, piped in crowd noise going to make a difference in these road games. So that's kind of like your X factor too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there's a list of, I don't know how I'm not going to go pull it up, but there is a list of, you know, teams that are, ha can have 20% capacity, you know, 10% capacity. And I think it's all by team and, and the Falcons are, don't have any for the first month. I think Atlanta United and the, the Falcons have decided against, you know, <laughs> Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I think, have like come out and they're doing some kind of pod system. But yeah, like you said, the the the, the crowd noise. Uh, didn't it? Am I am I correct that the Falcons got in trouble for crowd noise? Yes, they. Um, I think it was like two, three years ago. They had piped in because you know, the games really weren't selling out. They had piped in a little bit of extra crowd noise, and they got fined by the NFL. And I think they even lost a draft pick over it too. I, that's that's what I remember. I remember them losing a draft pick. So we got all right. So at home against the Seahawks, I think they can win that game. Yes, I would agree. I think, I think they, that well, just because of the, I think if the running game's better against their. I think the Falcons can win that game for sure. All right, so now we're at Cowboys. They're going to be – Dak Prescott, as much as I crap on him, they're, he, with Mike McCarthy um, and Zeke Elliott, they are a formidable team. Like, yeah. you know, I don't like – I don't think Dak Prescott's that good of a quarterback. 
But Zeke is that good of a running back. Um, I, I like that Prescott. I just think that he had that really good rookie year, and he hasn't been quite as good since then. But I think part of that has been the coaching that's been around him. So if, if somebody can come in and develop him better, like a you know Dan Mullen developed him really good. And as much as I do not like the Florida Gators, I still respect Mullen as a head coach. He's a great developer of quarterbacks. He taught Prescott everything that he knows as a quarterback. I mean, nobody – Prescott was going to be this elite NFL player or even really a good NFL player, and he's actually uh, proven everybody wrong. So, I, I, I do like that, Prescott. All right, we can agree to disagree. We can we can bring that sure. up on, on – we can, we can bring that up on another episode. Of, sure. We'll play a game called Would You Rather – and then you would say, would you rather take Matt Ryan or X name? We're going to play that game next time. Sure. We should do it the day after the uh, Dallas Cowboys-Atlanta Falcons game. <laughs> wow. Boy, Todd Brooks, you you th- you uh, you sassy tonight, man. You good? <laughs> You've been drinking like Benadryl or something? You all right? No, I'm good. <laughs> Jeez, you get sassy on me. Okay, here we go. And then so Cowboys, tough game. I think, you know, it's a way – I could definitely see that going south. But the Bears, I think they could beat the Bears. I'm looking at this. Is that game in Atlanta? Uh, no, it's a home. That's it, a home against the Bears. Yeah, they should – I mean, they should be able to win the game. And the Monday night game against Green Bay, uh, that's probably a loss too. Yeah, that's a – and I think Rodgers Roger, might be upset. Um, I've heard a podcast interview with him. Um I never really heard him speak uh, or talk about anything that he was on with, uh, I think, like Dan Levitard or somebody. And I heard him talking about stuff. He's like a real, like, heady, deep thinker, but he's definitely come out more of a shell now. And uh, with that pick and all that stuff, I think he's mad. I think he's going to blow up. I think he's going to have a great year. Like, um, even though th- I, they might not have the elite talent around him as they used to, but I think. He'll still have a great year. So, I think that's – so, look, we're going – what do you say, 500 for the first quarter of the season? Yeah, I think two and two. If you get off to a two and two start, then – You're, you I mean, you're right there. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're right there. It's all going to come to divisional games anyway. Right. And but, that's – dude, it's backloaded. We could – on our next episode, we could, we could do a next chunk of the season and get down to the – because, look, they don't play a division game. Here's the good part, though, Todd. I'm looking at the schedule right here. The next game after that is the Packer after the Packers Monday Night Football game. It's a um, it's the, the Panthers. So um, it's going to be a short week, but that's at home against a you know Teddy B ain't that nice if you ask me. Um, and you don't know who he's going to throw it to. They got to have somebody. Um, if Christian McCaffrey can't throw it and catch it, so um, and block it. So you should be able to beat them, but they don't play another. Divi- okay, so they, oh, they do play the Panthers before the bye, so they get their Panthers. They get the Panthers out of the way early this season, but they come out of a bye week. What am I really trying to get to? A week ten bye week, and they come out of the bye week against the Saints. So if he can get them juiced up for the Saints to get that last push, uh, you know, the last little run, you know, I think they'll set themselves up for success. Yeah. So, Todd, dude, it's been it's been an awesome conversation with you, brother. Yeah, yeah. I think we should, I think we should definitely do this again. 
And I thank thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for joining me. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. Uh, if you um, you have anything else to say to the people? No, I don't. I don't think so. Just go Falcons. Hopefully, uh, we have a good season this year and uh, Super Bowl chance. <laughs> Man, I sound okay. When I get on these things, I really am an opti- optimistic person, and like I really enjoy watching the falcons i'm re- i sound really critical about everything and i sound really negative but i'm really bullish on some things about the falcons how about this we're going to end with this question what's what are you the most optimistic about the falcons what are you the most excited about for the falcons oh, i'm excited about my guy todd Gurley. that's what i'm most excited about i'm right. excited yes to offer is he the question with Todd Gurley is: He's still an elite level running back, or is he just a washed-up guy who's going to be a backup by the end of the season? That's what we really—that's the question we want to answer. That's the burning question. Uh, but yeah, I'm an optimistic person too. I mean, if I get to remember about the NFL, a lot of times those first four games are key anyway. Um, it's about momentum a lot more than it is about talent. I mean, I can tell you some Atlanta Falcons teams that did not have a lot of talent, but they had heart because they played well very beginning of the season and they just turned around and the 98 team is a good example of that because I feel like that team really wasn't that talented I mean you know Chris Chandler's a Chris good quarterback Chandler. Anderson. they had Chuck Smith Jesse Tuckle but I can't tell you I mean Tony Martin had an incredible season that year. but I cannot tell you another player on that team that was just really an elite level guy I mean Ray Buchanan was good um who was the dude who um who was the other guy? safety yeah, uh, Eugene uh, Rob. Yeah, Eugene Rob. Not, yeah. yeah. I'll never so, forget his name. Yeah, pretty much single-handedly lost the Super Bowl for us. So I mean, um, the bankhead flew. Really, it, they went off momentum more than anything, and and that might be the best defense that I can remember the Atlanta Falcons ever having. But it was more based on momentum than anything else. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and what I am the most excited about for the Falcons is. Number one, they're having a season. And number two is I'm excited to see the um, – I think I'm right there with you – the improvement of the offensive line to open up the run game. So I, I really look at if Matt Hennessy wins the starting left guard spot, which I think he will, I predicted that too. You go check it out on the podcast, Rise Up Radar. I don't know what episode it was, but we did a draft breakdown, and I called it. So um, there's that. But I'm excited about – you know, solidifying that left guard spot and getting a solid offensive line so they can really use the the running game as a weapon and not as a, well, I guess we ought to run the ball some, huh? So I'm really, really excited about that. The running game, period. Allison and, you know, uh, Hill and Edo Smith and all those guys really contributing to the running back room. But uh, and uh, Todd Gurley, I'm for sure excited about Todd Gurley. He's hey, when you see him in live action, like I watch YouTube videos and I watch highlights and stuff. Like, but when you see, like of the of the uh, training camp and stuff, they're running drills and all that stuff. But like a live game, like getting after it, man, mm. Todd Gurley is a special player. He is so. All right, Todd, we got to get off this call, man. Uh. Thanks for having me, Stan. I appreciate it. Hey, man, we'll do this again, man. And if you if you enjoy Rise Up Radar, give us a like on Facebook. Uh, download, subscribe, rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast for Google Pods, um, and Spotify. And uh, until next time.
Razz up.